Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about investing in real estate rental properties with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. All right, welcome to the Master Passive Income Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit that J-O-B, that just over broke job, by investing in real estate rental properties. Now today, we're gonna be talking all about financing, or getting funding, or getting money to buy your real estate rental properties. See, now when you actually buy a property, you gotta use your money or somebody else's money. My preferable way to actually invest in real estate is to use somebody else's money. And there's so many ways to do it. And also, something comes up all the time when I'm talking to new investors and even people who have a few properties, they're starting to think, you know what? I'm getting to my max at four mortgages. I can't get any more mortgages. I keep getting told I can't get more mortgages, so I'm capped at four. Well, I wanna talk to you all about that as well as how to get private financing, how to get seller financing, and every other great way to get financing. Because as we build our business, if we utilize other people's money, not our own money, you know, you don't pull out your wallet and pay for something, you borrow, you get, um, you lend, you use other people's money and have leverage, which is their money to buy the property and that makes you money. See now at Master Passive Income, we solely invest in real estate rental properties that make us $250 or more in passive income. See, we want passive income. Passive income is where we don't work. The properties work for us. Our managers work for us, making sure the property is taken care of, collecting the rents and doing everything that's needed on the property. We just sit back and take the the passive income that comes in. We get the checks that come in from the property managers after, and this is really super, super simple. Add up all your expenses and then subtract your expenses from your income. So you have your income, which is your rents and your expenses right here. As you do that, your difference there is passive income. And we shoot for $250 or more in passive income. Now, I know you might be saying, hey, Dustin, that's really hard to do. Like all the properties I'm looking at, I go on the MLS and I see properties that are for sale and it's like maybe $25 or $50 in passive income. Well, as an investor, we don't just buy them off the MLS. We have every single way at our disposal from wholesalers to seller financing to other investors to the MLS or off-market deals, we utilize every single way to find properties. And we also buy them so we get equity capture. See, now remember, there were six ways to actually make money when you buy real estate rental properties. Quickly go over them. Number one, passive income. We just talked about that. Equity capture. We buy it for less than it's worth, and we capture that equity. You know, if it's worth $100,000, but we buy it for 80, we capture $20,000 in equity. If we also, the third way is if we have forced appreciation, where we fix it up, we make it worth more because it's better value of the home because it's, you know, nicer paint and new flooring, then the value of it, the whole property gets boosted up because we have made the property better. There's also market appreciation just over time. We know it actually goes up just because time and inflation. But then also we have tax benefits. 1031 exchange, one of my favorites, literally my favorite thing of tax benefits outside of the 1031 exchange, outside of writing off every expense because it's a business. I love depreciation. See, if I buy a house for $100,000, 
over the next 27.5 years, I can deduct that total amount equally over those 27.5 years. So the 100,000 divided out over the 27.5 years, that makes the value of how much money I bring in lower in the IRS eyes, so I pay less in taxes. And the last one is beautiful. I absolutely love it. It's where you have the mortgage buy-down. You pay a little bit of down payment, but your tenant pays for your mortgage. It pays for the insurance. It pays the principal. It pays the interest. It pays for the property manager. It pays for the taxes and all that great stuff. So those are the six ways. But as investors, what we do is we find the good properties, we buy them, and we make $250 or more because we utilize everything from negotiating, buying with equity captures, we make more money. And so I actually wanna show you how to do this. I have a free course I'm gonna give you. Go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course and I will give you my free real estate investing course. It'll show you exactly how to do everything and to find properties, fund properties as well. You could also text the word rental. R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. That's rental to 3377. I will literally give you my free real estate investing course. Now let's talk about financing. Let's talk about funding for your rental properties. And more specifically, we're gonna even dive into how do you get financing for more than four properties? I know so many people come to me and say, well, Dustin, I already have three loans. If I get a fourth one, how am I gonna get a fifth one? How am I gonna get a sixth one? Well, that's the thing about being an investor we figure out a ways around these problems. A problem is the bank says you can't have more than four mortgages. Well, let's try to figure out how we can. And I've done it before. I actually have 30 plus properties. I've had plenty of mortgages since then. I paid them off because I have plenty of income coming in. So, but right now out of the 30 plus properties that I have, I only have mortgages on one, one house as, a, as an actual regular conventional loan. And then I have a bundle loan, which I'll get into in just a second. It's a commercial loan where four properties were all bundled together and I pulled money out on every single one of them, uh, the equity, and it's one loan. So it's another strategy, which I'll talk to you about. It's a little more advanced, but we'll get there. So just four properties in one loan pulled all that money out. So there's so many great things that we're gonna talk about. Now, what I wanna talk to you about is the myth. If you have four mortgages, you can't get any more. Well, that's a myth. I just explained how I bundled it up, but what it really comes down to, the myth about the four mortgages is that most banks, their criteria is only for loans. And I'm going to tell you that every single bank has their own criteria. Like Chase is different than Wells Fargo. They're different from Bank of America, regional banks, um, uh, credit unions, all these different companies, all these different businesses, banks have different lending criteria. Now, the one that is a cap that you're gonna run into is 10 total properties and it's a cap. And this cap is over all the banks because of the IRS. The IRS says anybody can only have a total of 10 mortgages. Now, remember, that's not the four mortgages that we've all been told. We can only have four mortgages. You can actually have 10 mortgages. You can actually have 10 of them and that's by the IRS. Any more than that, their IRS won't let you do that. But the trick is to find companies banks that would actually lend more than four properties, which there are plenty of them out there. You just need to know how to find them. Now, what I do with, with the real estate wealth builders community that I have, it's my membership teaching people how to invest in real estate. I actually have a laundry list or not laundry list. I have a list of all the different mortgage companies that I, as well as my other investing students have utilized and made money through them, basically buying the property and utilizing these mortgage companies and the ones that can actually go past those rules of only, only having four properties and ones that have hard money and that ones that have bundled loans and commercial loans and all that great stuff. And even ones that would even loan for less than $30,000 or 
$30,000 and above. See, usually, and there's another thought, a lot of banks, they have a criteria that they stop at $50,000. That's the lowest amount that they would lend. There's a smart reason for that is because, actually, it's more of a uh, money reason for that. It's because if you get to $50,000 and below that, you don't make much money as a bank because they lend the money and get interest on that. But it takes the same amount of work to do a million dollar loan as opposed to a $50,000 loan, $50, loan. And in that, they lose so much money because they're not making that money. They'd rather do loans of a million dollars because then they make a lot of money rather than $50,000, which takes a lot more time and work and something they have to worry about is a headache. But there are companies that lend for $30,000 and above. So they dip down even below that. So you absolutely can do that. Now, if you're gonna look into getting financing, most mortgage companies, what they do is they're a clearinghouse, kind of like they're underwriters, but then they sell it off to the government, the Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. You may have heard those terms. Those are basically government organizations that actually buy the loans from these banks and they pay the bank some money and then the bank just manages that, that loan. And I have had, I've probably owned, I don't know, 20, no, 30, 40 homes in my, my uh, lifetime with mortgages. And with all these loans, what happens is your mortgage is actually just serviced by the bank, but it's Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac that actually owns it. So they're the ones with the criteria of 10 properties. Now, before I jump into more about all these types of finance, let me just quickly jump through the different ways that you can get financing for more than just four properties. Well, there's Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Obviously, you gotta find a bank that can actually facilitate that. There's also bundled loans, commercial loans, like I said, and the great thing about commercial loans is you start an LLC, you start a company, and then the mortgage is not in your personal name, but it's in the company's name. It's in the, the LLC's name, so your name is not on there. And it's a requirement because it's a commercial loan, which is fantastic. So bundled loans are fantastic. Portfolio loans are also really good loans that allow you to get properties under a mortgage that are more than four properties, getting up to 10 properties. Remember, the 10 is still the cap. That's just the way it is. Um, and I'll give you a pro tip in just a second on how to get past the 10. I'll give you that too. It's a little, little sneaky. Um, it's not really sneaky. It's actually, ah, I'll get into it just a second. So what you're gonna use is a portfolio loan or a bundled loan. You can even get seller financing. That's a whole nother great option. I love buying properties with seller financing. Seller financing is fantastic. And basically what it comes down to is whoever owns the house is actually gonna sell you the property, but they're gonna be the bank. You're gonna be paying them over time, just like a bank. They're gonna get interest. They're gonna have terms and everything like you would just like with a mortgage, but they're gonna make so much more money. There's a reason why banks are filthy rich and bankers are filthy rich is because that's where the money's at. If you lend money, you make so much more money. And so when you become a an owner doing seller financing, you make a lot of money. And I actually have sold houses with seller financing. I love that because I don't have any headaches. I don't have any worries. I don't have any expenses. I just make money just like the bank would. Two other ones that I wanna give you are hard money loans. Now, hard money loans, a lot of people might think, oh man, hard money. You know, is that like Jimmy the Wolf? He's gonna give me like $50,000 and then break my kneecaps if I don't pay him back and you know take my kids away and all that. No, it's not like that. These are actually companies that are lending their own private money and putting a lien against the property. If you don't pay, they take the property away from you. So they make sure it's a good deal. That's one good thing about hard money is they know real estate businesses. They know, okay, you're gonna do a rental property. Let's make sure you're gonna make money. Let's make sure you're not gonna do this wrong because they're insuring their investment and you 
are their investment. They're investing in you. Now that's tied down to the property because they could take that if you just stop paying them. But what happens is they're looking at you as being able to run the business well and then make their money back. Now there's a lot of things about hard money. Check in the description. I have lots and lots of videos on financing and hard money. You definitely want to watch uh, the hard money lending um, episode because there's so much information in there, points and fees and all that good stuff. The last one I want to give you is private money or friends and family, people that you know. Now, here's what I did. When I got private money, I've got plenty of private money. In fact, I have so many people because I'm an investor, because I have master passive income. I have so many people asking me, hey, Dustin, can I just give you my money and you can invest it for me? And almost 100% of the time, I'm like, no, I appreciate that. I invest my own money. I'll show you how to do it. And you know, I'll show you how to do it. You can invest your own money. That's just not for me. I'm not the type. I've done it in the past and it just didn't, I didn't like it that much. I like helping people. And so this is where I invest my own money and I help other people invest their money. Now with seller financing though, as an investor, what I started doing is I started telling everybody, hey, my name's Dustin, I'm an investor, I invest in real estate. If you want to get started investing, lend me money and I will actually borrow it from you pay you back with interest like you're the bank and then secure it by obviously my credit, um, you know, my personal loan, as well as it'll be secured by the property itself. And so I was telling everybody, so I had so many friends and family members, even just businesses that I would go and frequent, you know, they were nice people. So I would just, they'd ask me, what do you do? And I, well, I'm a real estate investor. And eventually it would come up like, well, how do you do it? And well, can I give you some money to invest? That's the best thing about networking is as an investor, you're going to get so many people wanting you to buy their house, wanting you want to rent the house from you or give you money or sell the house to you. All these sort of things about networking is the best thing you can do for financing because once you have a network of people around you, business just gets easier and easier. Trust me, I know at the beginning, I was keeping it a secret because I still had a job. My whole goal was to quit my job, but I still had a job. And even with that job, I was not telling anybody because I didn't want them to know my business and be like, hey, you're fired because you're doing something on the side, which they couldn't have done that, or I don't think they could have. Long story short, I kept it a secret for a very long time. It made my business so much harder than it possibly should have been. In fact, when I started telling more people about it, even people at my work, I had so many people asking me, how are you doing that? Or can I give you money to invest? And so I strongly suggest look for private money outside of yourself, outside of banks and institutions. Talk to people that you know, just let them know that you're an investor and just give them opportunities. I'll give you a quick hint about how to approach private money. You let them know that you're an investor, but that I'm gonna show you, this is what I would say or what I do say, I'm gonna give you this deal. This is a deal, it's a great opportunity and here are the numbers. Let me walk you through it. I'm not just gonna go up to them and say, hey, in the future, I'm gonna buy some real estate. You wanna give me money? <laughs> would not say that, don't say that. Strongly suggest don't say that. What you do is you just put a little seed in the ground saying, I'm an investor, I invest in real estate. And then that's one conversation. And then maybe, you know, two or three weeks, four weeks down the line, hey, I'm an investor. Hey, you should hear about this deal that I got. It's such a great deal. Boom, 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 boom. They might be thinking, oh, wow, that's interesting. And then maybe three weeks later, you talk to them about it again. But then eventually if they say, I might be interested, then you say, okay, well, I don't have any deals right now, but when I do have a deal, I'll bring it to you and you tell me what you think. So there's a, a quick uh, quick lesson on how to actually approach private money. I didn't plan on talking about that, but I just ran, in, ran into it. But let me give you a huge tip on how to get more than 10 mortgages. Now here's the pro tip. You can only have 10 mortgages on your credit, on your social security number, basically on you. But if you have a partner or if you have a spouse, they can have 
10 of their own. So like I would have 10 of my own. My wife would have 10 of her own. So we'd have 20 mortgages, but we obviously own them both. But what's great is we have 20 mortgages because they're backed by each other. I have 10, she has 10. So that's a huge way to do it. If you bring in other investors or other, other people into the business, now you have to structure it well. I definitely say talk to a lawyer on how to structure the business so you protect yourself. But you can effectively get more people in the business and get mortgages under them. Now, they're, like I said, you definitely want, that's a more advanced strategy. If you're married, it's much easier, but it's an advanced strategy because you have to protect yourself from potentially somebody taking the property out from under you, which is what you don't want. But that's a great opportunity is to utilize your credit and your spouse's credit. Now, also, a lot of people talk to me about, well, if I get too many mortgages, you know, I might be underwater or I just might be swimming in debt. This is not good. Now, there is a great book that I love. It's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki talks about good debt versus bad debt. Now, bad debt is everything that you get a loan on that takes money out of your pocket. Now, your house that you currently live in that you're not making any money, you're not renting out a room, it's not Airbnb, it's not a rental property, that is bad debt. The reason why is because it's taking money out of your pocket. Good debt is you get a loan for a house and that house you rent out, you make money in passive income, that's good debt because it puts money into your pocket. Now, we're all taught that a liability is something that is detrimental to us and an asset is something that is a benefit to us. Like your banker, a mortgage broker, is gonna tell you, yeah, your home is an asset. But as an investor, we know that it's not an asset because it doesn't make us money. They wanna tell you it's an asset because they wanna keep getting money from you is really what it comes down to. So what we wanna do is we wanna get properties and own them with leverage, utilizing other people's money to actually buy the property and that becomes, the property becomes an asset. It's backed by a loan that we're borrowing from somebody else, but we're making passive income. So track with me here. If I buy one rental property with a loan, that makes me $250 or more in passive income. That's after all the expenses of like the mortgage, the taxes, the insurance, the property manager fees, the repairs, vacancy, all this sort of stuff. And we still make $250. So all of our expenses are paid. That's $250 a month with one property. Over the entire year, that's $3,000 in passive income from just one property. Now imagine if you had 10 properties. With 10 properties, you're actually gonna have $2,500 or $2,500 a month in passive income. And each year, you're gonna get $30,000 in passive income. Imagine if you had 20 properties, that's 60,000 a year in passive income. And what's great is you get all the, like I talked about earlier, you get equity, you get um, forced appreciation, you get market appreciation, you get depreciation, you get the tax benefits, you get the capital gains, all that sort of stuff is absolutely amazing in real estate. So that's what I'm telling you is as you're buying properties, you're getting assets. Now think of these properties and these loans as an asset. So it's gonna take a little bit of work to get past that fear. If you have a fear of borrowing money, it's gonna take a little bit of work to get past that. But once you do it once, and then you see that paycheck as like, you know, 250 or 280 or $300 from that one property, like me, I got that first check and I said, how do I get more of these? I need more of these properties. And cue the private money, cue the hard money, the commercial loan, the bundle loans, the other ways to get money from other people. I had to use other people's money. I'll give you a little bit of uh, insight. It's also an advanced strategy, a very, very advanced strategy. I even used 
a credit card to buy properties. I did, I did. Now, it's an advanced strategy like I told you, but when I got the credit card, usually, you know, get those ads for credit cards. They say, hey, you know, 0% uh, borrow for, from the card, like a balance transfer or cash out 0% for a year. And then it jumps up to like 24%, which you don't ever do. This one credit card I got, I guess I had a really good credit. They sent to me, it said 0.13% for the life of the cash out. So I could literally cash out the entire amount and only pay 1.3 or something, or sorry, 0.13, it was under 1%. I said, that's cheap money. They're like just giving this away. So I pulled out $14,000 and I brought properties with it. And over time, I paid it off and I own the properties and I don't have the credit card anymore. Again, that's an advanced strategy, which all my students said master passive income in the Real Estate Wealth Builders. We know how to do that. And so it's an advanced strategy, but it's something you can do. It's an, it's an option we just figure out every single way to actually get financing and funding for our properties. Now, I also want to talk to you a little bit about how some people say you can buy properties with low and no money down. Now, I've been investing for a very long time, and I've seen all of the ways that potentially you could no money down buy properties. I'm going to say that it is possible. It's very possible to buy properties with low and no money down. But the bad thing is, it is a lot of work. It is very, very hard. You're even gonna probably have people mad at you. It's just a lot of work. And my opinion is, I'd rather utilize other people's money like mortgages or hard money lenders or financing from seller financing or something like that, which seller financing could be no money down. Usually they want a down payment, but you could work it out with the seller for no money down. You very well could. But those no money down deals, and. There's a reason why I don't teach no money down deals. The big reason why is it's so much work. The success rate for these people who try these no, no and low money down tactics to buy properties, it's like 1%, very, very low. I remember hearing a story of one of the big names in, uh, I'm not gonna say his name, but he's a big name in the low and no money down business, real estate business, and it was a big conference, huge, huge conference, and it was packed. Lots and lots of people, I don't know, maybe three, 400 people in there who are fans of this guy. He said, show of hands, how many of you have done more than two or three deals with a no and low money down tactic? And these people have been doing it for a long time. Nobody but one person raised their hands. Out of four or 500 people, one person raised their hands. And this guy was very diligent, worked hard, did it over and over again. But you can see it's so hard because it's so much work, there's so much work to do. But now if you save a little bit of money, if you utilize other people's money and hard money or private financing, seller financing, get a bundle loan, all those sort of things, it's so easy to actually get into investing in real estate. Now here's the biggest one I'm gonna give you. If you have any desire to use an FHA loan, I would absolutely encourage you to do so. Now here's what it is. Now, when I say an FHA loan, it's a Federal Housing Administration loan. What's great about the FHA loan is that you can buy a house and only put 3.5% down. This is a very low money down. Now, if you live in an area that the houses go for maybe $100,000, $150,000, well, let's just you know make it easy numbers. If you buy a house for $100,000, 3.5% down is only $3,500 down. That's it, that's nothing. You can work for six months or a year and save up that money to buy that property. If you worked hard, you absolutely could. Now, the little caveat is two of them. Number one, you have to live in the house for a year. 
Okay, no problem. Live in a house for a year, then move out and rent it out. Totally fine. Second one is you're going to have PMI or uh, private mortgage insurance. Now, the private mortgage insurance is actually going to cover the lender on, you know, from the government. You're going to pay a little bit more, like 80 to 100 bucks more per month, but you just account for that in your expenses. And as you're adding up all the expenses, put that one in there. Now, the great thing is when you refinance it and you're, you have 80% loan to value of the home, like say it's worth 100,000, but you only owe 80,000, that PMI drops off. You don't have the PMI anymore because you have a 20% amount of equity in there. So here's my suggestion. If you're getting started, which I love, 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 love having real estate rental properties with an FHA loan. If you're getting started, buy your first house with an FHA loan. If you're gonna do it right, I would say buy a duplex, which is house hacking, live in one unit and then rent out the other. If you don't have a duplex near you, buy a single family home, live in the property for a year. And then after that year, you refinance it, you get it into a regular conventional loan, just regular you know, bank loan, and you have 20% equity in there. With that, you can then go and get another FHA loan, move out into a newer and better house, move into that one for a year, and then pay 3.5% down again for that second house. You rent out the first one that makes you money, helps you pay for the second one. After that year, you refinance that one, get it out of the FHA, so you can buy another house for an FHA loan. Wouldn't that be absolutely amazing to be able to do that? We have an FHA loan that you can turn over and over and over and over again. And remember, the cap is four properties, but if you had four properties with an FHA loan, turned into a conventional loan, and then your spouse had four properties that was an FHA loan, turned into a conventional loan, that's literally eight properties that you utilize this FHA process. Now, it's going to take time. It could be eight years, but imagine eight years, you have eight properties. Let's say you did a couple more times or you got money to buy another property, then you're up to 10 properties, making you $2,500 a month or $30,000 a year. Wouldn't that be absolutely life-changing? I know for me, it was life-changing when I got these properties. And then here's a great thing. I was able to pay off these loans because of all the passive income that was coming in from these properties that I was able to pay off the loans. And then I make so much more money because I don't have a mortgage. I don't have that mortgage payment and I put that money into my pocket. So I want you guys to think of financing or funding your properties as something that you need to figure out. As investors, we're problem solvers. We solve the problems that come up. There could be a problem come up where you can't get financing for a specific property. Well, that's too bad, but good. Let's move forward. Let's see how we can get financing for this property. All right, you guys are fantastic. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here on the Master Passive Income Show. I'll see you next week. Remember, get my free real estate investing course. It's in the description, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. Or you can text the word rental to 33777. You guys are fantastic. I will see you next time.